unscripted, unbound, unconditional. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. I'm Mindy. I'm Nicole. And we are the hosts of The Well Unfiltered podcast. Where each episode you'll hear unscripted faith stories that will make you think. Unbound life lessons that will crack you up. I'm talking adjust your waistband laughter. But most of all, unconditional grace and love that will help you connect to God and to other women. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Well Unfiltered. We are in season two, and we're talking about relationships. Mm-hmm. And today, we're talking about a relationship that I think Nicole and I are both going about. Oh, yes. I don't, if you're not watching it, just visualize the face that I made <laughs> during that noise. <laughs> well, that's the face that you make when you talk about forgiving relationships. Yes. Which are hard and just terrible and yet necessary right Mm -hmm. so are you excited to listen to this ever (laughs) as we talk about forgiving relationships i wonder if they have the same face but there's also some excitement underneath yes yes (laughs) well it is hard to talk about forgiving relationships because i think when we talk about forgiveness that implies that there's been some kind of break or Mm -hmm. conflict or just something is not quite right that we have to remedy that we have to mend and Mm so today as we talk we hope that you will learn from our stories that maybe something will be sparked in you to be a little bit more open to Mm -hmm. what forgiveness can look like and maybe you won't make that very strange noise that I made at the top (laughs) of this conversation but you know before we dive in I do want to remind you that we love to connect with you That's here right. on The Well. So we'd love to invite you to find us on all of the social media. We have Facebook and Instagram. And tick, YouTube. TikTok, yeah. I Every time I'm like, do we have it? I don't know. I just <laughs> Did got, you just do a shimmy I did. while you talked about it? And we it? could make a TikTok out that, of it. It's coming. Okay, so make we sure will you subscribe. be on TikTok. How about that? <laughs> I just got a TikTok account. That is a story for another day. Oh. It's a whole That thing. sounds like another episode it of TikTok relationship. That's the bonus for this okay. season. We're okay. on it. Great. But find us. We want to connect with you. Okay. So let's dive in. So, Nicole, I'm curious for you, like, what comes to your mind when you think about that word forgiveness? Mm. There are two visceral memories. Uh, the first is just the countless number of times that my parents forced me and one of my siblings to hug each other (laughs) begrudgingly and pretend that whatever just transpired was over because of our magic hug. And I have done that to my own children and I've passed it down Mm -hmm. as trauma. Like I just, (laughs) no, you hug each other right now and you say you love each other and let's not, let's just pretend that you did not just punch her in the face. Like, we're, we're just going to move on. Did you watch The Office? You know, hug it out. Oh, yes. I mean, <laughs> that's that, what I'm thinking of. That's where kind this. of my first memory mm-hmm. of what forgiveness looks like. Um, and then the other thought around uh, forgiveness has just been my own, as I've grown up, my own challenges around not the relationship between forgiving and forgetting and how to navigate that and boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
those are kind of on the opposite ends of the spe- of the spectrum. Maybe a lack of maturity around forgiveness and a growing maturity around forgiveness, and the space in between is gray and difficult and uncertain many times for me. What about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the word that comes to my mind is unlearning. Mm, you know, I so I think I always had this model of forgiveness in my head where kind of, it's kind of the hug it out mm-hmm. model where, you know, this bad thing happened, you have to forgive someone and then you just have to reconcile and move on and be happy. Mm-hmm. And as an Enneagram too, I'm like, let's be happy in our relationships and everything is fine all the time. <laughs> and true forgiveness kind of disrupts that. And it really wasn't until I was in college and working through some stuff, like some trauma with my relationship with my dad and trying to figure out, okay, like, how do I forgive him? I do not have a relationship with him and that's very intentional and it's very healthy for me, but I can't like be ragey about him Mm -hmm. at all times because it's not good for my spirit. Right. And I remember like working in therapy on you can forgive and you don't have to reconcile. Mm. And I had never had that maybe permission or understanding Mm -hmm. until I went through that experience. I think I was a sophomore in college when I really started doing that work. So maybe that's something we should tease out. How do you define forgiveness versus reconciliation? Mm. Yeah. I think forgiveness is really personal and internal. To me, it's more about my own spiritual state. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like the starting point, and it might be the end point too. I mean, with my situation with my dad, you know, I've forgiven him. I I truly don't think we'll reconcile our relationship, and that's okay. Mm. Um, Reconciliation, I think, is much more of a we're going to do the work together, we're going to commit to restoring this relationship. I think both people have to be willing to do work, mm-hmm. whether it's forgiveness or, I don't know, is restitution the word I want to use, but, but offering something up, mm-hmm. you know, where, where you've wronged someone. But reconciliation takes two people building right. something new, whereas forgiveness to me is, is the fact that I'm not going to carry around this, like, sack of anger all the time because it's weighing me down and it's mm-hmm. not helpful. And for me, at least, I don't know about you, but that kind of like long-held anger mm-hmm. becomes kind of a, a block for generative things to get out of me and into the world. Yeah. I, there's some image that communicates that idea of when you forgive someone, there's the olive branch that you hand them, and then there's oh. like the giant tree that you let go of because it is this internal thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I, I think that one of the things that you're lifting up for me that's different than that kind of hug it out thing that we're taught is we're talking about forgiveness as an internal work. And the way we often judge whether we've been forgiving is external. Yeah. And I think that that's the shift in this conversation and maybe even someone else's experience of forgiveness there's that internal forgiveness and then there's this performative forgiveness that I think at least I was taught to more focus on that piece Mm -hmm. Um, and oftentimes ignoring the internal work that needs to happen and then I mean you use the term ragey which I think is very appropriate (laughs) 
Uh, but it does, I think one of the most dangerous things about not practicing forgiveness is that it comes out often not just towards the person who created brokenness in your relationship, but to everyone. And that's what I find so challenging about whether or not you've addressed that, because then you lose the ability to direct who receives that rage and that pain and that hurt. And then you create more <laughs> situations that require forgiveness, which is just difficult, mm -hmm. difficult for you and difficult for the people in your life. Um, so I, I, I wonder if there's other you know, pieces of this that make forgiveness hard. Mm -hmm. um, just because you've had such a profound experience in uh, forgiving a family member, what would you lift up as, this is what makes this process really hard for us to talk about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting with that, like that specific situation, because that one is actually not that hard to talk about, maybe now, mm -hmm. because I have done a lot of healing work around it. Mm -hmm. and. For me, you know, having such like a big, significant part of my story is, oh, okay, there was trauma, there was abuse, you had to work through it. Like mm -hmm. people kind of follow that logical arc. There's not a lot of like shame around that or, wow, you know, you're, you're holding grudges, you're catty, you know, you're, mm -hmm. there's none of that piece to it. I think what is really hard for me with forgiveness now is like those day-to-day -day little grievances. Like mm. when you were talking about, you know, the performative hug it out, but you don't really forgive. I was like, oh, like how many times do we do that? We're like, mm. it's fine. You're fine. It's not right. fine. <laughs> no, no, it's not fine at all. So that might be the takeaway. Yeah. It's not fine. It's not fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that that, that's kind of the challenge. Mm -hmm. I wonder for those that are listening, if, that may also be a question for people to ponder. You know, we often focus on the big stones of forgiveness, mm -hmm. but there are those little things that add up over time and that can just lead to us kind of blowing a gasket. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess we've been focusing in our conversation on forgiving people. I wonder if you've been on the opposite end where you have to ask for forgiveness and what that's been like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. You've never had that happen Ever. to you. I, I'm just a paragon of purity, kindness, love, grace. It, it hasn't happened. <laughs> Teach me your ways. <laughs> oh, no. Asking for forgiveness sucks. <laughs> just, yeah. It really does. Um, there's this quote that I love from Nadia Boltzweber. Um, yeah, I like her a lot. But she's talking about receiving grace from people, which, you know, if you're receiving grace from people, it's kind of that same thing. You've, you've messed up. You have to come with kind of your hat in your hand and say, hey, this didn't go the way I thought. Um, and she had a big situation like that. And the couple that she was talking to extended her grace but she said that grace is the shittiest, best feeling in the world mm. because it feels great maybe in the end to receive grace or forgiveness. I mean, it's beautiful. It's healing. Mm -hmm. But to get there, you have to have messed up. You have yeah. to have hurt someone. You have to have let someone down. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, as someone who does have like a lot of shame in my 
you know, tape in my head, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard for me to believe it, too. I don't know if mm. you ever feel that way, but <clears throat> it's probably easier for me, even though I can be a really good grudge holder sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that true for you? Are you a grudge holder? I So I like to tell myself I'm not, but mm. I major in passive aggressiveness. <laughs> and so I won't, like, directly... Well, no, I don't know if my husband would agree with that. <laughs> Let's get some other people in here yes. and talk about it. Well, I guess for, for me, one of the hardest things about both receiving and seeking forgiveness is the vulnerability to admit two things. Um, the first is to admit that you have power to hurt me. I have this, um, my mother, I remember one time at, school I was in high school and I had this teacher um, who just did not like me and um, I went to this kind of snooty all-girls school very much my scene and um, our our teacher um, we'll call her Mrs. J Mm -hmm. um, wanted me to stand up in class and thank everybody for um, their parents who provided scholarships for me to go to the school and I think I've told you this before. You've told me this story. It's, it's a doozy. Yeah, and, and I just was like, I can't say that. One, because my dad reminds me every day how much the school is costing and how I better do well. And I know I'm not on a scholarship because he keeps telling me that. So either he's lying or you're lying. And he does a lot of things, but he doesn't lie. And she got really angry that I would not thank my fellow students for their sponsorship. And so eventually, and there were just several other little things that, that kept happening. And eventually, um, she said something else in class, and I went to another teacher who went to a principal, and then my mom came in. Long story. Um, but I recognized when they asked me later, you know, what happened in the class, I felt pressure to say, this happened but I didn't want to talk about how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. It, it made me feel um, small. It made me feel like she wanted to um, belittle me. And I did not even want to acknowledge that that was possible. And my mother, I remember say, her saying to another teacher, um, Nicole is like a rock but there's a hollowness that you don't see on the other side. And she doesn't let a lot of other people see that. Because each interaction, I would go into the bathroom and sob uncontrollably, and then be like, let's go, <laughs> and walk back out. And that's just my, my personality. Um, and so that's helped me navigate really difficult situations where people have not felt like I've belonged. Um, but it's also limited me from acknowledging where I need people to offer their forgiveness. Because first I have to admit that I'm hurt. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard. Um, And then I think another piece of this is I'm, I'm good at holding up underneath that pressure. But when I need to give forgiveness to other people, because I know what it's like to internalize it, it's almost overkill. And so when I've hurt someone, I, they're like, could you please stop talking about it? Like, please move on. Mm. And I'm trying to make sure the breach has been repaired because I often don't acknowledge 
when I have been hurt that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so it is, it's really only been through, um, again, therapy and conversations with some of, mm -hmm. you know, the, the thinkers and challengers in my life that have pushed me to think about, I deserve what I offer other people. And why do we, why are we sometimes wired to not receive what we want to give to others? And what is it that we need to unlearn about our faith or about ourselves or about relationships that give us the vulnerability to admit that we've been hurt or that we can hurt other people? Hmm. That was verbal. No, I'm like my. I'm thinking so hard right now because I'm I'm thinking about you know. As people of faith, as people who talk a lot about you know grace, mm -hmm. as pastors who talk a lot about grace, that still can be so hard to receive. Mm -hmm. And if we can't receive it first, there's no way we can give it. Absolutely. We just can't. Mm -hmm. And so what has to sort of shift in our even like spiritual practices to be open to God's grace, mm -hmm. to admit when we need it? Because um, I know one thing I was thinking about when, when I think about forgiveness and when I, when I have to receive it is mm -hmm. there's a part of me that always wants to like spin the situation. Mm -hmm. So, okay, this happened, but here's why. Let me, let me tell you, I mean, it's like that terrible phrase I didn't intend. Like, that's right. the worst phrase ever because it right. doesn't freaking matter what you intended. Like, you <laughs> it's did about something the impact. terrible. Absolutely. Yes. And, but it's like, I think it's a, I don't know, maybe like a self-preservation thing that like, well, let me just show you that I'm good and prove that. Mm -hmm. But like, we can do things that aren't good and it doesn't mean we're not good. It doesn't mean that we're not loved. It doesn't mean that we don't have God's grace. Mm -hmm. But there's like a lot of theological junk, I think, that gets wrapped up in that. Like for people, and I know there's people listening who grew up in these sort of religious systems that are, you're really bad, you're probably going to hell, but maybe you'll get lucky and Jesus will save you. <laughs> I mean, that narrative over and over and over, it wears something down in you. I think it it sort of numbs our ability to receive that grace. Mm -hmm. And then how in the world could we ever give it? Yeah. And I, I also think that one of the, you know, just to circle back to what I, I think was one of the most important things we've lifted up in this conversation, that oftentimes we are taught to forgive and excuse repeated behaviors that dishonor the God within us. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that I think I've reached a certain age. I, I, we have a friend in common who's approaching 80 and I admire her unfiltered and absolute tell it like it is-ness. And she has joked with us and said, you know, when you're my age, like it, <laughs> you say what's happening, but also you stop accepting bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the parts that I just want to tease out, there's forgiveness, but then there's also um, the vulnerability of saying, I don't have to accept this behavior or this cycle. And too often in church, we have made people feel as if they need to, they need to accept that. That's what forgiveness looks like. And pointed to Jesus and said, 
you know, Jesus endured all of this suffering and abuse, <laughs> and you should as well. Um, and I remember once in a, in a grief counseling um, session, someone saying, yeah, that, that happened with Jesus. Jesus was also the savior of the world. I'm not. <laughs> and so mm. there's that divine thing working within Jesus that's not working within us. And so it doesn't mean that God doesn't call us to model our lives after Jesus, but it also doesn't mean that we are to accept abuse or mistreatment because this is what forgiveness looks like. That's, that's not true forgiveness. Um, forgiveness includes repentance. Forgiveness includes this, if possible, reconciliation. It doesn't include this cycle. And I think that that's what we hear. And we hear it from women in churches in particular. We're supposed to be the ones that are constantly forgiving. Um, and oftentimes it can be at the risk of our own emotional, spiritual, and even physical well-being. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so challenging because like the scripture that I was thinking of for today's conversation, it's that, excuse me, that one that's like super famous, you know, Matthew 18 mm-hmm. and Peter's, Peter, Peter's my, my jam. <laughs> He's like, this feels really hard, Jesus. Yes, Peter, you're right. He's like, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Should I forgive them as many as seven times? And I feel like that's so sassy. Like, really? <laughs> should I do this seven times? And Jesus, of course, is like, no, not just seven times. Rather, as many as 77 times. And that's not like a prescriptive amount of times you should mm-hmm. forgive, clearly. The point is... You should forgive a lot. You should forgive often. This is a thing that you're going to have to practice. Mm -hmm. And you can practice in a way that is healthy and has boundaries. And I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about, like, what do we learn when we have to forgive Mm -hmm. someone or we find ourselves hurt, um, even traumatized? Like, what are the tools that we walk away from those situations with? And I don't think that God asks us to lay down the tools that we gather in order to reconcile or just have like achieved forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I think that one of the things that we learn is about ourselves. Mm -hmm. We learn what I think of my own children and what feels um, like an offense to them and what the other might just roll. It does not matter to them. Um, And so through the process of both hurting people and being hurt, you learn about your own um, kind of boundary map. But also, I think you learn about how much you need grace. Mm-hmm. Because if you're, if you're really open to recognizing how your behavior affects other people, um, it is a humbling experience. Yes. <laughs> and you will, I think, be motivated to offer it because you recognize how much you are in need of it. Um, but the other, the final tool that I think it gives us is the language to talk about our own feelings. And while Jesus calls us to this higher plane of kind of not keeping stock, um, you know, I my very numbers-oriented child would say, okay, that's 77 times 7, that's not... That's not always. Like, there are some boundaries. <laughs> there are exceptions. And so um, I, I think the ability to know what that is, you only experience as you walk and journey through life mm-hmm. and have need of forgiveness or have need of giving forgiveness. What, what tools do you 
recognize or in your kit now that you take into into these situations? Mm -hmm. I think the biggest tool that I'm holding right now is there's not one word for it. Sorry, this is long winded <laughs> as I'm thinking about it. But it's this idea that, okay, what happened in the past may not be the thing that's happening now. Mm. And, not but, but and, maybe there are things that you can be wiser about going forward. Mm. So, like, in places in my past where maybe I would just excuse certain things from people or just be like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Well, it's not fine. And maybe some of my work is to set boundaries sooner mm. to avoid some pain down the road. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's like toggling between, you don't want to be jaded and bitter. That's not a good spiritual place right. to end up. And I think when we don't practice forgiveness, that's where we land. I'm like jaded island. And yes. It's yeah. I don't want to be there. The worst place. <laughs> but it's, it's like wisdom. Maybe mm -hmm. it's, it's developing wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder with that thought on wisdom, because David told us in his wisdom several minutes ago that we were approaching the end of our time. Um, I wonder kind of what, as you think about forgiveness, if there's something that's filling your well, or if there's, it's not there at all, it's, a, it's from a different place in your life. I think for me, what's filling my well is actually... It's, it's maybe less the practice of forgiving other people and more being grounded in like my identity in Christ. So mm. realizing, okay, like again, I have the knee-jerk reaction. I gotta make it better. I gotta make it better. I guess, but it's gonna be okay. <laughs> and I, I'm trying really hard to like be in enough conversation with God that when I feel that, I'm like, okay, God, do I trust you with mm. this situation? Do I trust you with who I am to not try to fix this, mm. to let it be? And if I have to say sorry, the world isn't going to end. If that person's mad at me, it does not mean that I'm bad. And that is, man, we can unpack this in a different episode. We, David said <laughs> we're almost out of time. Uh, but that is a narrative that I have carried, mm. truly. Like, if you do something bad, you are bad. Mm. And that's a lie. That's mm -hmm. not true. And my guess is other people listening have carried that narrative too. And I think if you're going to engage in this work, that's actually one of the first narratives you have to bust through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm curious for you, like, are you, are you just like practicing forgiveness regularly and it's filling your well? Cause you said you're, you know, very holy. So. I am incredibly holy. However, um, I think that one of the things that is filling my well as it relates to forgiveness is that I have had to offer and receive forgiveness that around this idea of people not living up to my expectations or me not confining myself to the expectations that I had. Um, because sometimes forgiveness isn't about what someone has done to you but maybe what you thought the relationship was going to be like. And giving people the grace of, I know I'm not who I was five years ago, so why am I holding you to this standard? Um, 
I'm particularly thinking about um, every every single episode. Let's see if I can go a whole episode without talking about Joshua. I don't think I can. I don't think you can. <laughs> you also have said humble on this episode have I? too. Yes, I'm keeping track. Thank you. If you've been listening this season, this is a running <laughs> thing. <laughs> but one of the um, one of the things that I was looking at some pictures, Facebook just emotionally manipulates us. Oh, it us. does absolutely, <laughs> and showed me. A picture of him from 10 years ago. He's 10 now. And I think one of the things that's filling my well is giving him the freedom to be who he wants to be and not what I expect him to be. Um, That's filling my well this day. It may not tomorrow Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's really hard. In this moment. Um, Because I want... I, I know that a shift happened when my parents allowed me to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And I never realized the expectation and forgiving work that's underneath that, um, where you get to fully live into who you want to be and without restriction of maybe the way that the hard, this is related to the way that Joshua dresses. I basically would like him to be Carlton <laughs> and wear like a blazer every day Wolf with a t- like yeah. that's that's my expectation and he has introduced me to sneaker culture and all of these other things and I'm like but Carlton what are you doing <laughs> and he's like my name is Joshua like meet me and so um, it's it's pushed me for a moment like you are you are cool and I'm not and that's that's actually what this is about and so that's filling my well watching him figure out what he wants to do um I hope it doesn't lead us to hot topic because he has asked about that and oh. lord pray for me because I don't understand hot topic I shopped at hot topic in high no! school no <laughs> that is no longer I had to google it well. he's like he has he's earned 25 dollars he's like I'd like to go to hot topic I'm like what is that what have you been doing online? <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. There's some anime shirts that he wants there, but this is so not on topic. This is this turned into <laughs> and yet a real diatribe. I feel like it's relatable. <laughs> but oh yeah. man, no. Well, it's been a good conversation. I feel like we could. I have 16 more thoughts, and we are way over time. So David will, I think, cut us off. <laughs> it could happen. I don't. He's just looking at us right now. It's fine. Yeah. I hope that after you listen to this, you have a good conversation with someone in your life about Mm -hmm. this topic. Because I think that this is so personal. It's so varied on how this expresses itself. Um, So yeah, talk to someone that you love and trust about forgiveness and maybe a place that you're stuck or, or hoping to experience forgiveness yourself. And And I guess that's like my final prayer is that if you are walking around feeling like, you know, I can't receive grace, I'm not good enough, I I am bad, I I just pray that over the next season you will experience a much truer narrative about who you are Mm -hmm. so that you can then give that truth and grace to someone else. So it's a journey. I think Mm -hmm. we're all on it. Yeah. Um, But we're in it together, and I'm grateful. And if it doesn't lead you to Hot Topic, hopefully it leads you to connect with us on all of our social platforms. As it's you much are better. offering and learning about forgiveness, we want to hear about what you are 
learning, experiencing. So send us messages, share, subscribe, all of those things, and let's stay on the journey together. Yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs>